Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, a writer at Gay Star News, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host. I'm Hui Chen Bui, a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. So today we are inspired by an article from IndieWire by David Ehrlich about NiceCore, a growing trend of just nice endearing and kind films in um in hollywood or even in television as well and uh this is something that we can be that can be seen in paddington 2 in won't you be my neighbor in the indie flick hearts beat loud this subset of films that are lacking in conflict but not lacking in heart so uh, why don't we talk a little bit about NiceCore, what we think, whether we think this is a real trend that's growing, and uh, what we think defines NiceCore, and whether we want, what we want to see with NiceCore in the future, if this is going to be a thing, and we're going to, uh, since it's already been coined, we're just going to make it a thing here, NiceCore. NiceCore. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I feel like it's not necessarily, like... <clears throat> a genre or anything like it's not like a definable like thing but you know those years where we had all the like cynicism and grittiness of like the christopher nolan batman films and it just felt like everything was like had to be really serious all the time and i feel like this is sort of like a backlash to that and also a backlash to like our current political climate and then so instead of being like a like a genre or like something that you can easily fit into a box it's just that people are seeing that hey, maybe the world is on fire and we don't want our media to be on fire either. <laughs> We'd like to actually enjoy the escapism. And I, and I think I think what we need to see and, like, how it will evolve going forward and stuff is that, like, niceness and kindness in media doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean, like, simplicity or it can't still be, like, complicated and have morals and themes that you can discuss and all of that kind of stuff. Like niceness does not preclude those. Yeah. I think the rise in this nice sort of kind stories that we're seeing in the film industry and the TV industry uh, is sort of cyclical because as you said before with uh, the Christopher Nolan gritty movies and that era of just like gritty and cynical and uh, edgy films that we saw were kind of in the light of, um, 9-11 it, a lot of this yeah. a lot of films like as much as people say keep politics out of movies you can't really because filmmaking like it, Hollywood is intrinsically tied to the social climate the political climate what people are feeling and seeing these those days and a lot of films that came out uh, after 9-11 were a lot grittier a lot darker and were kind of reflecting that sort of societal fear of you know terrorist attacks and um that sort of helplessness that we face um after the events of 9-11 and the paranoia that kind of grew from it and we see a lot of that kind of movies reflecting the current political climate uh throughout the years so you can just like point to even like the clinton era and how we had a a huge boom in like optimistic movies that were really like like these blockbuster films that were really cheesy and fun and like so optimistic and joyful because of the um 
the surplus that we had and the, the the great economy that was happening. So it's um it's really interesting how you can kind of tie that here that it's it's almost the opposite of um the climate that we have because usually it's the climate is reflected in the movies, but here we have with the current nice core, it's kind of like the antithesis to the climate. It's it's a backlash to that rather than like being more morbid because how how dire our current world is it's just saying we don't need any more of this we're gonna completely dive into that escapism like you said yeah i think we're finally understanding that like cynicism and grittiness and stuff doesn't automatically or like more serious doesn't automatically mean like cooler Mm -hmm. like i feel like we had that mindset for a while um and though the three of us may have immediately been like "Mm -mm, this is not what that means it seemed like hollywood was latching on to that now we're finally understanding like oh like, being kind is really cool. People want that. Maybe finally we can get a Superman Who that knew? understands the core tenets of his character. Oh, no, HT, that's wishing for too much. We're not <laughs> Because Superman has to be edgy and cool like his cool friend Batman. And his cool friend Batman has all the tech gadgets and also a tragic past. So we have to do that for Superman. Superman has to be... Uh, like, you know, standing on top of a mountain and and asking his ghost dad, what do I do? <laughs> Although I think it's interesting that this is even spreading towards blockbusters like Ocean's 8. As I know, the, a lot of the big criticisms of Ocean's 8 is that there's no conflict, essentially. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen Ocean's 8 yet? I don't want to spoil anything. I have. Yeah. Okay. You have seen it? Okay. So yeah. I have seen it, yeah. Yeah, it's... um, it's Mild spoilers for Ocean's 8, I guess. Yeah, it's like... Every, people were criticizing that everything goes too well. The the characters are too good at their job. It's a heist movie! But it's true. Like, heist movies are built on on conflict and suspense. But at the same time, we're seeing, like, this different kind of heist movie in the, that kind of comes in the in the shadow of Nicecore, I feel like. Yeah, I will say, at least for Ocean's 8, though, like, Nicecore, like, women supporting women and working together. I appreciate that element of nice core. Also, it has some of the best feminist commentary I've ever seen, uh, especially with Anna Hathaway. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't wait for all her haters to watch this movie and be like, and it's basically her giving a middle finger to them, and it's incredible. Anna Hathaway is the best part of that film movie. So, Wilby, what do you think about nice core? I like it. <laughs> you guys are so eloquent. I cannot compete with your eloquency about, like, the state of media i am just like i like things and i like nice things i like when things are like for all the gripes i've had about paddington's jail plot line i like the movie a lot like because like it shows you know it shows that you could change men like uh brendan gleason into like from a hardened a hardened criminal to like a good man and i think that's through the power of marmalade and I, I haven't seen the documentary, um, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, but I've heard, like, it's yeah. basically, like, everything that we want from, like, a Fred Rogers documentary. And I really want to see Heartbeats Loud because Nick Offerman is great. And also music and, like, father-daughter stories are fun. And, like, I, it's just, like, it just seems so cool and, and like, hip and indie, but also, like, nice. Like, you know, it's just, like, a father and a daughter, like, trying to get their music published, and, like, when they hear it on the radio, it's, like, cool. Um, and... Willoughby, I have a question for you. I have an answer Um, for you. I definitely want to discuss, like, more about Mr. Rogers altogether, but you, Willoughby, you've always been someone who's, like, gravitated towards, like, 
nicer media, like happier media. Like in all the years I've known you, like you've never been one for cynicism or anything like that. So like, what is it about like niceness in media that like has always drawn you in? Like, what have you always liked about it? Well, Beyond think... like this whole like nice core phase right now. Right. Right. Well, I think there's in part of it that like I, I gravitate towards the nicer people and not the meaner people in my life. So like, or like the, like the cynical people who are like kind of pessimist about things and just like i just kind of like kind of like go away from them because i'm like i want to focus on people who are happy and like looking towards a positive attitude about things which i know you know it could be difficult to look at like look at things like that but like for people people who do people who do mean things or uh say mean things on purpose who know better are the ones I don't like. Um, to quote Captain America, I don't like bullies. And so, yeah. like, I feel like there's a lot of that where it's just, I mean, I just from the media, I, I, you know, like, I grew up on Disney and I grew up on, like, all the, all the Nickelodeon shows. Like, a lot of the children's media that I've grew up with are all about, like, being friends and friendship is power and friendship will save the world. And I feel like I've taken that into my life. And I've taken that into my in, into the media that I want to watch. So like watching like uh, sitcom shows that are just like hangout shows, like New Girl or like How I Met Your Mother. Like they have got some nice stuff to it. But and because it and then in the media in like the movies and stuff, uh, I'd rather listen. I'd rather watch like ten indie movies that are about like the power of friendship amongst teens and like kids and parents. Uh, then watch like a Zack Snyder film that is like how shitty the world is or like how, you know, any, any grim and gritty, like gun movie. That's all about like, you know, like, like a war movie or a criminal movie. Like, I don't want to watch criminals, like, unless it's like fun criminals, like who are like, not really criminal, like, like, like the oceans eight movies. But like, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of movies that are like, criminals i guess like like a though like suicide films or the guy richie the older guy richie films like i don't want to watch this i just want to watch like fun people be do good things we don't need to be um, reminded of like bad things in the world because like we live in that world yeah and especially in today's today's current like news cycle it's an onslaught like it's a never ending like right and we've talked about self care on this uh, on the show for a year and a half now since the administration that we currently have has been in power, and like every once in a while we've done like our self care episode like check in, and I feel like this is kind of like the spin off sequel to that, which is like Hollywood is going now- through its own self care now. Yeah, Hollywood's going through self care, and so we're we're looking at that and we're seeing that all take place, and I don't know, like I've always been drawn towards nicer people and nicer media. And I'm saying the word nice a lot, but, like, capital G good characters, which is why Captain America and Superman are, like, my favorite characters. And, like, I I can appreciate Batman, and I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, but, like, they were made in a certain time. It was right right after 9-11 and the Bush era and, like, the Patriot Act and all that bullshit. So, like, I can see that, but also I want, like, a Justice League movie that is just, like, the cartoons where they are, like, 
happy-go-lucky superheroes who are saving people in need and also, like, fighting off an alien invasion because sometimes we have to do that. And so I think that in this, these dire times, it's okay to escape into media. That happens to be, like, maybe not the most representational, uh, m- m- like, in terms of, like, positivity. Like, it can be positive when the world is negative because that's what escapism is. And I hate this idea of, like, well, you shouldn't expect the real world to be nice to you. And I'm like, well, maybe we should. Because, like, that's a terrible line of thinking of, like, well, the real world is just is is harsh. It's like, yeah, maybe getting a job is harsh. But, like, strangers on the street are going to be, like, nice to you unless they're not. Like, if you ask people for directions, it's usually going to be, like, in, like they're going to be like, yeah, it's two blocks over and one block right like it's okay to like ask for help and to ask for people's like you know ask for it to be in need of things like the fact that there's this whole mindset of like um like of being cynical because the world is cynical is just so shitty because that's not a good way to live your life it's very tired and lazy and it's kind of like it, it's frustrating. It, it also shows exactly who you are when you say things like that. It means that you're not a good person because you don't think the world is good. And I feel like if you don't, like, yeah, there's a lot of shitty things in the world, but there's also a lot of good things. And if you only take a look at the shitty things and not appreciate the good things, you're just going to be, like, a sad person. And if like, you're sad kind people. and polite, the, the world, world will, will be, be right. right. Exactly. And Zach Paddington so, says... And so, like, and, this all, like, art, hardcore edginess of, like, you know, like, oh, the, the real world is grim and gritty, so I'm going to be an asshole to you, is such, like, like, fuck off into the abyss. Because, like, I want good people. Yeah. And, and it's just so weird that there's this whole sub... And I think it's also, there's this, like, level of... Of a, of a wall on the internet of like people who are like oh I know I'm not in the same room with you so I can be a dick to you yeah and well the internet feel, is something else entirely well yeah but I feel like in this in this age like that has strengthened this mindset and yeah. like people are just like oh I'm talking a barrier between you so I can say whatever I want and that has reflected into our politics and that has reflected into our media but I think the media is bouncing back and saying no we're going to be good. Like, it's good to be good. It's good to be nice. And that's yeah, all I have so to say. On- I don't think <clears throat> any of us have seen the Mr. Rogers documentary yet, right? No, not yet. <clears throat> but we all plan to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been in the media so much lately, I think, because of that. And <clears throat> I've seen so many articles written about him lately, kind of like, you know, how we, what we can learn from Mr. Rogers in today's age. And what do you think of that? Like, we have movies like Paddington, now the Mr. Rogers documentary, that are so, like, unashamedly just, like, nice and hopeful. Um, and there are more current... They're really the things ushering in this kind of nice core age. What do you guys think of them? Um, I'm happy that they're here, and they're here to prove to us that there is good, good in humanity, after all. Uh, I will say that I... You know, I enjoy a gritty, a gritty action movie as much as the other person, but I always enjoy it more when there is a message about the good and humanity at the end. Take Arrival, yeah. for instance. Arrival, you know, for all 
intents and purposes seems like a gritty alien film, a gr- an alien um, encounter film. But then at the end, you realize that it's a, a it's a message about hope and humanity and how communication can save us and how, you know, human will is that strong. And I like that we're seeing sort of a pivot towards that. Uh, like The Martian, for example, it's a movie about just like good people trying to do good a good thing by saving one person. And um, yeah, I kind of lost the, the thought on no, Mr. I, Rogers. I, I like also, the Martian is so great. Yes. Martian's really great. And like, I think those are two like space movies. And I feel like the idea of like doing space stuff, like with Star Trek is always like mm. the best in humanity. And, you know, Star Trek was always about like a utopia futuristic society where there's no money the enterprise was built for zero dollars and there's like it you know good everyone's like doing good for the rest for the for the best of humanity because we realize that we're not alone so we're gonna go like explore the rest of the world or the rest of the galaxy and the universe and that i mean the later series kind of dragged that down into like oh there's not nice people in on you know, there's other races of aliens that are like evil, or or they have a different way of thinking. But we can real we can like rationalize with them, and we can reason with them. And if we can't, then yeah, we'll go to war. But like, it's for the for for the good of humanity, not in like an invasion of an alien species. Yeah, Star Trek was definitely like early nice core, um, <laughs> <laughs> pre nice core. It yeah, it's it's actually I was thinking too that like even you know during the depression we had that whole sort of phase of like Shirley Temple movies for example and Hollywood films looked even brighter and more happy than ever because escapism was the the order of the day much as it is now (laughs) it's like kind of I'm I may be drawing the equivalent between the depression and today but the great depression and today but maybe maybe that's what the case is now yeah Um, but I we did go through a recession. We did. That's true. I think it ultimately proves that, like, at the end of the day, maybe not everyone, but, like, most people want to see good in the world mm-hmm. and, like, want to see a better world. Like, at the end of the day, we all have those hopes, I believe. And I think the media is reflecting that now and we're latching onto it. So I wanted to ask you guys what you think of the general belief that, uh, Good stories don't generate any interesting conflict. So, like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we uh, adhere yeah. to like the three the three act uh, story structure, for example, right? You know, rising conflict, falling conflict, and it's all it's all centered around conflict and what that what kind of drama that creates. But a lot of these movies we're talking about, Paddington Two, for example, has very little conflict. It, it, things happen like things go badly for our hero, but it's nothing that, like, has huge stakes, for example, except for, like, Okay, 100%. you actually just brought up exactly what I wanted to hit on. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to move to the small screen for a moment, because um, there are two TV shows that I'm watching right now that are probably the favorite things I'm watching right now, and they really get to this idea that you're talking about, HT. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing going forward is to, like, recognize that goodness and kindness and stories don't have to mean like simplicity or like no conflict like you're saying and can also be reflective of the real world um so right now i'm really enjoying the bold type and pose 
And they're two shows that are bringing me a lot of joy. Um, <clears throat> the Bold Type is a freeform show about three young women who work at a magazine. Um, very millennial. Um, it is sort of unrealistic and like it's not that easy to get jobs in your 20s in New York City. <laughs> um, but they deal with real life issues like sexuality and race and body shaming and, you know, things like that and cancer. And so like it grapples with these real world issues in very serious, respectful ways. But it's still such a joyous show about supporting each other and lifting each other up Um and then Pose is the new Ryan Murphy show on FX. Are you guys watching it? No. I haven't seen it yet. It is wonderful. So it's set in 1980s New York, and it centers around the ballroom scene, which is basically a queer subculture of competitions via voguing and posing and dancing and different categories. Um, and it's one of the happiest, most like touching emotional shows I've ever seen. It has the most number of trans actors and regular series roles. It has trans writers, has trans directors. Like it's so representative and it doesn't shy away from the real world issues at the time. Like AIDS is a big presence in the show when there's discrimination, there's homophobia and transphobia. And there are all these things, but it's also not like depressing. It doesn't say like, Oh, because these conflicts are happening, like the gay story has to be the tragic sad story there can't ever be like happiness for queer characters in media because look at how hard it is it's ultimately the show makes me really happy and i cry a lot just because of how happy i am and it's very found family and friendships and supporting each other and it's very diversive and so i think what you were saying ht is that like it i don't think they have to be boring or devoid of conflict or devoid of even reality I think it's possible to have both. Mm-hmm. And actually, these are the two shows that do that for me right now. That actually reminds me of another show we've covered on this podcast, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, which yeah. is a show that has characters that all get along and that really love and respect each other. And I remember early on, the showrunners said that they're struggling over how to generate conflict in a show about characters such as these who genuinely respect each other. And they realize that they don't have to like engineer or create conflict. They just do it out of an organic sort of um, way of how these relation- these characters' relationships, you know, clash sometimes. And it's not like, you know, out of meanness or anything like that. It's just like it's the sort of like the comedic events that happen even with people who respect each other. And, like, it's a it's a really organic way of building conflict. Um, and it's, like, situational rather than just, like... It, it's situational and, like, personality-based. So the way that they build it. And that's, like, the way that I think that a lot of good, nice shows or nice movies can build conflict. It's just, like, based in the characters rather than, like, engineering some sort of big conflict that, you know, is dire or really dark. Yeah, I think with conflict and niceness, you can have conflicting characters, conflicting story. Like, you can have a character, for example, Steve Rogers. He's a very good man. He believes in what he believes in, and he doesn't. Be- he, you know, he d- doesn't like bullies, and he likes. He's a good capital G man, and yet uh, the conflict is fighting Nazis and fighting Hydra and fighting like the bad guys. Like that's. Like, yeah, it's, like, they're Marvel movies, and they're going to have 
action scenes and fight scenes. But with Captain America, he's not like very snarky. He's very, you know, he believes in the good in humanity. And when he sees evil, he recognizes it and he fights it. And I think that that is why, like, also Superman, like Superman, like as we know him from the comic books, that he recognizes evil, but he believes in the good in humanity. Like you can't not like with niceness it's not like you can say that everyone's going to be good but like with at least like most people are good but then there's some downright like evil people like in Paddington like yeah Brendan Gleeson might be like a hardened criminal and but he ends up being good but then you've got uh Hugh Grant who's like the unspeakable evil of hell I'm just kidding he's, he's, <laughs> wow. but he's very fun but he, even no, he but, gets I mean, like, his own like dance sequence at the end so like clearly, everyone ha- is happy Right, like, he's clearly the villain, like, and Paddington tries his best to, like, get him to be good, but sometimes people can't, but, um, you know, I I think that conflict arises when a character, when a good character is faced with a moral dilemma and comes out with still being, like, optimistic and being, like, on the side of the good people and stuff. That's a really great way of putting it, Willoughby. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys one last question. Uh, where do you hope Nice Core will take us? Uh, I, for one, am hoping that this will see the the rise of nice and kind movies. We'll see the rise of, or the revival rather, of rom coms. Just yes. I, I want them back, guys. And I know that Netflix is doing its part in reviving the rom-com with its sort of cheesy by the numbers but still really charming movies like Set It Up. But I want to see them back on the big screen. I want to see just happy movies about people falling in love and perhaps meeting a little bit of trouble on the way. But the endings will always be cheerful or, or at least bittersweet. I, I agree with you, HT. I think what I really want to see is that, but for the 21st century. So I want to see that, but not like the Wonder Bread sort of bland, all like white straight people are the only people who can have nice things. I think. Bye, demographic. <laughs> like I mentioned before, like I don't think reflecting current reality has to mean it has to be devoid of like niceness, like, or even Pose, which is set in the 1980s and like very diverse, but still and reflective of what was going on, but still hopeful. Or, like, you know, I also love rom-coms, and I'm so excited for Crazy Rich Asians, because we get a rom-com, but it's diverse, and we get characters we've never seen before. And so I think I want the same things that you want, HT. I want to see a bigger trend towards this, but I want to see it reflect the people of the world now and our stories and that we also get happy endings. So that's what I want to see. Willoughby, what about you? Um, more of that as well. <laughs> as well as, like, guys, I just want a good Superman story. God, uh, Lord. Please. Like, please. I know. We deserve it. It's, it's so easy to, like, to do it. Like, I haven't watched any of Krypton, but it, from what I've, like, the previews and, like, the imagery of what I've seen, it just looks like it's bogged down with, like, trying to be game of thrones and i'm like i don't need that right now i've there is a game of thrones to watch i want superman flying i want like i want the tyler hecklin supergirl spinoff of superman like they could do it like they could easily do their own superman cw show because like they've 
they have the formula from Smallville. They have the formula from The Flash and Supergirl, and they can just do it. And I just maybe it's because you know, like Superman's in big in the movies right now, so they can't do like a, their own Superman because the general audiences will be confused. No, they won't. They're already confused um, by the multiple Joker movies going on. Yeah. And I mean, so am I. Like that's insane. So they're like, we're we're gonna do thirty different Joker movies, but we're not gonna do a Superman movie, when which he's a good character and like a good man. And, and we like, got a glimpse of him in the beginning of Justice League, in that one yeah, scene we, where he's we talking. Got, we got that part in Justice League, and also what after he, after he was raised from the dead and had a personality reboot, he was a lot more jokey and a lot more like he was super cheesy. It was super, it was so cute. He was like, you know what I believe in justice. Psh, I love yeah. it. Psh. He like uses he like calls his fist truth and justice. Like that's amazing. And and then he's like, he like makes jokes when he's like in the middle of a fight scene, and and people are like, well, they're just taking cues from Marvel. I'm like, no, Marvel's taking cues from comic books, and comic books in general, which is like superheroes making snarky jokes while also punching bad guys into space. Like that's what Superman did. That's what Superman should do, and that's what I want Superman to do. I just want in all this nice core stuff. I want a good Superman story. And I would like to see Henry Cavill specifically be given the chance because I think he has potential to be a really great, nice Superman a la an updated Christopher Reeve if only he were given a chance with a good director and a good screenwriter. Right. Like, like I we, really like believe are, in Henry Cavill. There are hints of it at the end of at, in Justice League. Um, it's, it's like just bogged down by the fact that they ha- were given this like shitty storyline and shitty graphics and like no real sets and it's very attack of the clones revenge of the sith like the problems with like that where it's like everyone's on the green screen and they're not reacting to anything and so you can't have like good acting and the dialogue is not the greatest and like superman's just like he's there but he's not there yet mm-hmm. and i just want like it, it doesn't even have to be like it could be Henry Cavill, but it could just kind of be, like, a one-off, like, story. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this world-saving event. It could be, like, Superman just, like, going about his day. He's on his farm. He's just chilling in Smallville. Yeah. I would love that, actually. That would be a good movie. Hey, it's almost like they did a TV show about that for ten years. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap up our discussion about Nice Core. Uh, before we move on to the last segment of our episode, Willby, do we have a few words uh, from our sponsors? We do this week. The Millennial Falcon is proud to be presented by Underwear. Underwear. It's for your bottoms. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So, Lily, why don't you start us off this week? What do you really like? Um, so we briefly talked about it earlier this episode. Uh, Netflix has set it up. I watched it yesterday, and it is so very charming and very cute and funny. Um, I will say, like up front, like the characters are not as like three dimensional as like you would hope to them to be, but like. The character, like the base characters, are there, and you can kind of like, I don't know, you can infer more about them with that. Um, but it's all about like 
the basic rundown is like these two assistants for these two companies who work in the same building um, try to get their bosses to hook up so that way they could have more free time. Um, and then because they're because they're spending a lot of time with each other, of course, you know, sparks and stuff. So there's that. <laughs> um, and it stars Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell, both from Everybody Wants Some. And so I'm really glad to see them getting work because they're, they were both, like, excellent parts of the movie. Um, Glenn Powell in particular, I think he has... I think he's got he's got some star power in him as, like, kind of, like, the snarky boy. Um and he's got he's got that like act down. He did that in uh, Everybody Wants Some, and he brings that to uh, this movie as well. He's kind of got like a shtick, and the shtick is like snark, and it's fun snark. Um, he's he's got a lot of good jokes. There's a lot of good jokes in this movie, I think. But um, it's not like reference. It's like a joke. It's like there's one joke. I will I'll just say it. Like, oh, you're so quiet. You move like a Prius. It's so very <laughs> <What>? funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like. It's like stuff like that. It's very funny. Amazing. Um, and uh, uh, um, Titus Burgess is in it as like a he's as like a a cameo. He's got like he's like the janitor. It's really he's really funny. <laughs> um, and then also stars Tay Diggs as Glenn Powell's boss and Lucy Liu as Zoe Deutsch's Zoe Deutsch's boss. Um, and so very just like hot people all, all around. Um. And also, like, yeah, yeah. So it's very cute, and and uh, Pete Davidson plays Glenn Powell's uh, roommate, who um, who also happens to be gay. And uh, so there's just like a lot of great, like, Sorry, I'm just um, like, who casts Pete Davidson as a gay character? Yeah, he's really he just he gives off a lot of hetero vibes. So I'm not sure where where they got that from. Um, but diversity, yeah. <laughs> we need it. So, but the the um. The whole conceit is very cute and very good movie. It's uh, on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, and it's got a. It's actually got a really good soundtrack as well. Um, a lot of hits from like older, older songs and stuff. Um, so yeah, set it up. Really good. I do really miss rom coms, like all using like the same like five songs for certain moments in like certain scenes, like like the tense moment when they like have a fight or when they get back together. I like that there was always like this like <clears throat> list of songs that were like rom-com worthy i love it mm-hmm. all right anya what's you really like this week all right so i have another podcast to recommend you guys Ooh. it is by a friend of the pod and a personal friend of mine joe yao um and she started a podcast with a friend of hers it is called for the plot podcast mm. and it is a fandom-based podcast from the female gaze. So they basically talk about various fandom elements. Um, movies, directors, hot guys. Um, all from like female fans and the female gaze perspective. So like the first episode is all about Guillermo del Toro. And the way he employs the female gaze. And like how he employs Charlie Hunnam as like a damsel in distress. Mm. In a lot of his movies. Um, and it's just really fun. And I feel like if you are into fandom. Or just movies and television in general and the feminist kind of perspective on these things they're both extremely eloquent well-spoken well-thought people um and i just get a lot of joy out of listening to them because i agree so much and relate to it so much and 
have had these thoughts about fandom my whole life. Um, I highly recommend it to both of you and all our listeners. But HT, I think you especially would enjoy this podcast. Um, it just feels like something that you would really like. And every time, every episode I listen to, I'm like, man, HT would like totally dig this, what they're talking about. So I highly recommend. It's called For the Plot Podcast. They're on Twitter. They have a Tumblr. Um, you can find them wherever you get podcasts. So that's my really like this week. All right. So my really like this week is, I think, a repeat kind of a really like I've done before. Did I talk about Kingdom Hearts before? If I mean, not, you've talked about it. I mean, we've talked about it. I don't know if it's ever been like a really like, but. Well, my really like this week will be the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3. So the, Kingdom, the newest Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer announcing the release date for January came, about, came out about two weeks ago. And since then, I've been in a, a rabbit hole of Kingdom Hearts content. <laughs> Not playing the games as you would expect, but just watching cutscenes and uh, Let's Plays of various Kingdom Hearts games that I've not been able to play. And uh, diving back into the Kingdom Hearts forums that I once was a frequent um, lurker of back in my middle school days. So it's been really fun going back into that world, even as it gets more convoluted. Uh, as the games go on <laughs> it's i just i'm so i love the character so much and i'm so excited to see kingdom hearts 3 and play it for the first time and spend all my money buying a ps4 to play this game so uh, kingdom hearts 3 it's overly complicated but i can't wait to go visit all the disney worlds and pixar worlds that they're going to introduce this year including uh, the world of frozen and the world of monsters inc and toy story and uh, find out exactly what happened to Aqua and why she has yellow eyes and might have been yes. norted, as they say, in the, the Kingdom Hearts community. <laughs> I'm very curious about that. Yes. So Willoughby's giving me a face like, I can't, a shame. No, I'm just thinking of that video that, that, that the, oh, he's a very popular voice actor it's who like does Pro lines. It's like Yeah, right. Prozy D. Oh, Prozy D. He's, he's like, so, I love him. He's like... He's like, Aqua's Bernarded! And, yeah, he, he, and, and then his like, other character's like, what are you talking about? And then it's just that back and forth for like 30 seconds. And it's just, that's me. I'm the guy who's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was me until <laughs> I, I dove parts. into I the... no idea what everybody talks about. <laughs> yeah, that was me until I dove into the lore this week. And suddenly I'm like, wow, I, I do know what he's talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's... HG and I are going to blow hundreds of dollars on a console... For one game, just because we've been waiting years and years for it, and we can never, ever, I will never let go of my love for Kingdom Hearts. I don't care how much it puts me through. But that's the best part about buying a PlayStation 4, is that suddenly you have access to all these great, like, games. Not only Kingdom Hearts. PlayStation Sony has been really killing it with, like, their their, uh, only platform games, like Horizon Zero Dawn, and, like, the... Um. Uh, there's other. Uh, uh, there's a, one other one, but I can't remember it right now. There are more somewhere. Yeah. So, there, but there's the question of whether I will play those games and not just play Kingdom right, Hearts over and over again. All right. That's my well, really like that. That's our episode. Uh, so, if you guys have any thoughts on the recent trend of nice core media. Or Netflix.com. Nice <laughs> Just like that. Or Netflix's rom-com, Set It Up. Or Kingdom Hearts, of course. Or any other podcasts you guys want to recommend to us. Uh, definitely come 
chat us up about that. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on uh, Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. We're also on uh, our blog is MillennialFalconWordPress.com. MillennialFalconPodcast.wordpress.com. We're also on SoundCloud and we're also on iTunes and Google Play where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Um, and where can they find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at HTranBooey. You can find me on Twitter at Anya Crittenton. And you can find me at Willoughby Dubs on Twitter. But before we go, we have one more ad. The Millennial Falcon is brought to you by Hunting and Gathering. Cut out the middleman and eat your own berries and cut your and kill your own meat. Hunting Gathering from the makers of food. <laughs> That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.